Welcome, everybody, to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. As always, we are going to jump right into it with our top five. We're not even going to intro anybody. I know you're going to see some new faces on here, but fuck those new faces. We're going right into it. Top five zombie movies of all time, our personal list, obviously. So we're going to start off with the newbie because I figured we will make the most fun of him. So we <laughs> might as well go ahead and start with him and get it out the way. So welcome to the show, my nephew, Josh. Josh. What is your top five zombie movies of all time? All right. So I got Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse as five. That's good one. Then good one. I have um, Paranorman as four, Zombieland as three, uh, the Resident Evil franchise as two, <laughs> and um, I, I have Shaun of the Dead as number one. <laughs> So the only pick that I think we all respect on here probably is Shaun of the Dead. And Zombieland. <laughs> Zombieland's good. I mean, good. Oh, um, mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> Scott's Guide to, to the Zombie Apocalypse is really fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really that's, that's is it top five worth? I don't know. But the Resident <laughs> Evil, I don't, I don't get I don't understand why. <laughs> hey, this is top five from the perspective of a 19-year-old, you know? <laughs> Oh, so basically we old as fuck, and so we don't know. Okay, continue. So top five. So you had uh, the Resident Evil. Yeah, you had to justify the Resident Evil one. That's a tough one, man. Look, I guess because um, my dad, he grew up playing those games, you know, when he was my age. So he got me into it, and um, I'd have to sit down and watch all the movies with him. I just really enjoyed the movies. I don't know. It's like even though for the most part they're not – like the traditional zombie, they're straight up monsters at this point. I just, I just like the nostalgia of like a video game having a, a decent adaptation, even though it's not accurate to the actual video game franchise for the most part. They, they do a good job at having the zombies, like the threat of the zombies, be accurate to the what the franchise represented. I'll tell you okay. what, I, I played the original Resident Evil in a PlayStation in a Blockbuster in 1996, and I still have nightmares about that game to this day. That's so <laughs> I was expecting that franchise to, do, to be the same caliber of scares, but. <laughs> um, yeah. Y- yeah. <laughs> okay, well, then let's go ahead and jump to Jaren. Jaren, let's give you give us your top five zombie movies of all time. All right. <clears throat> Uh, 28 weeks later. Um, I liked it better than 28 days later. 28 days later felt like a student film on a shoestring budget. And I think 28 weeks later, when they realized what they could do was more of what the creator wanted to show. So that's why I like, and plus I, if there's any argument about a rage virus being the same thing as a zombie outbreak, then we can't talk because they're zombies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Dawn of the Dead from 78, the original. Phenomenal. Um, Zombieland is my number three. Uh, I enjoy Zombieland. I think it was the perfect, perfect mix of danger and like well-directed, like like the way they set up the rules and everything. Phenomenal. And I thought it was funny. And I mean, you found out who you're gonna call. Uh, which <laughs> so you know, I I, I liked it because Ghostbusters. Um, Shaun of the Dead is my number two. Um, I love almost everything Edgar Wright. He is one of my favorite directors of all time. And uh, and the Cornetto trilogy, obviously, is dope. And then Train to Busan is my favorite zombie movie of all time. And it was well, 
well directed, well acted, and there was an emotional crutch that really pays off at the end. It was just all the way through, really phenomenal. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> give you guys a little bit of zombie action for people who watch it on YouTube and other places. Give you guys a little bit of zombie action for your top oh, here. <laughs> and that's so that's okay. My all right. Well, then we're on to uh, the Duke of All Nerds, Jason. The only opinion I probably will is respect on this whole thing. So give it to <laughs> us. <laughs> All right. So number five for me is going to be Dawn of the Dead 78. You know, it's a great movie. It's, uh, you know, it's got heart. It's got social commentary, everything you want in a zombie movie. Number four is 28 Days Later because it's better than 28 Weeks Later, just period. It's the shot where he's walking around London, the, mm -hmm. the, one of the most busiest cities in the world. And he's just like, hello, hello. It's great. And it's like the first time you see zombies <laughs> that can actually like fuck you up. Like they're not slow, shambling zombies. They're the kind of zombies that's like, yeah, I'm going to rip your eyes out and stuff. 28 days later is way better it's than 28 weeks later. I'm sorry, Jaren. You're just wrong. You, you can be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Number three is the girl with all the gifts. That movie is phenomenal. Mm, it has an one. ending that is a great twist at the end. It has a cute little girl who's also a zombie, who's also part human. It's just great all, all around. Number two is going to be the OG original Night of the Living Dead. It's got a, I mean, it started the whole genre. You know, you ha it has to be on the list. It started the whole genre. has a great social commentary to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a masterpiece. And the number one, I, of course, agree with Jared. Freaking Train to Busan is freaking amazing. Dude, when I can't, you know, I'm not going to try to butcher all the Korean characters' names because you know, I don't speak Korean, but the dude was fighting zombies with his fists and yes. taking them out. It was amazing. <laughs> and it had a great, like, emotional structure to it. Just awesome. If you haven't seen Train to Busan, I don't know what you're doing with life. Just go ahead and go and, go and watch it. It's great. <laughs> Pretty sure it's on a streaming service of some kind right now. It's either uh, on Netflix. Netflix. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. so it's free. that's where I saw it. Highly recommend. And they're making a sequel. They already made a sequel. They already made a sequel. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. talk about later. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, our our cooties and uh, little monsters on Hulu, which are great too. But little monsters is really fun. Yeah, I, did. Uh, I saw that one. That one was funny. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry that I have to make sure that all of you guys are incorrect on your list. <laughs> and give you guys probably the proper list, the ultimate list. Um, I, I, I was hoping, I hope, I would hope that we would be in, in lockstep, but no, not so much. So, my number five is going to be Dead Snow. I mean, Nazi zombies. Come on, guys. You, I mean, it's it's a, it's the it's the dream, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't have to feel four. bad about killing any of them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Feeling bad about zombies? But if they're like your mom, yeah, you feel right, bad right. about it. Exactly. But if your mom's a Nazi, then it's good. Then <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're all good. But, but Jared doesn't make his zombie movies with social commentary, so that's why he doesn't get the whole emotional threads there. Uh, right. Number four, we got Shot of the Dead. I mean, we all have all have it on our list. No reason to go into that. My number three is a dark horse, and I will say. Kind of similar to Josh, how he says, oh, I watched this film with my father, so that's why I have it on my list. I do think it's a good film, but it's in my nostalgia bag. It is Dead Alive, Peter Jackson. Uh, or some people call it, I think it's called like um, a brainwash or something like that. Or It has a different name, but when I read, when I got it, watched it, it was called Dead Alive. It is just one of those just regular natural effect masterpieces, so you can't beat that. 
I'm always going to go for the natural effects. That's why some of my favorite movies are that. My number two, again, it started it all. George Romero, R.I.P. Not a living dead, man. And then Not a living dead, it, it goes up that high for me. One of the bigger reasons is because it's the first time we get a black horror movie lead actually quasi-surviving the terror of the horror movie. And, I mean, survive. just the simple fact. Go, go ahead, Jason. I said he does survive until he gets rescued. <laughs> right, right. And, but, but it wasn't a threat. But also, too, let's keep it 100. This movie was put in an era where we still had a lot of racism and discrimination overtly out there. And he gets to punch a white guy in the face and tell him that he's in charge now. No other <laughs> black man has ever done that in a horror movie ever. So it goes number two on my list. And the number one, probably the greatest zombie movie of all time, Dawn of the Dead. Not the Snyderverse, not the Snyder trash, 1978, best social commentary about greed being good and how zombies and overconsumption can kill all of us. Just great, 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 great. He's still the king. He's still the master, even though his last zombie films in Marrero kind of were like, eh, but he's still the king and he's still the master. So that is my list. Go in and have at it, Jaren. All right. You have, to <laughs> at least, you have to at least give that opening scene in the uh in the the newer dawn of the dead that little kid going down the hallway or whatever going after her parents that was terrifying that's Very still that, that scene sits with me you know but uh but i won't defend snyder i'm just saying you know like if my neighbor kid was in my house like the least thing i would be like what's wrong and he'd be like what the fuck are you doing in my house get the fuck out of here like we're sleeping <laughs> And then it's just her face all fucked up. Like, yo, we need to call the ambulance. What's wrong? Like, yeah, I'm not going to go and hug her. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck you, out of you, my house. You're better than me. If her face is fucked up, I'm like, you need to go home to your mama. Like, you need to get out of here now, little white girl. You in a black man house, little white girl. You need to go home. <laughs> you let me get shot coming up here. <laughs> exactly. Um, and this is also, like, why are your doors unlocked? That, like, I don't know. Maybe you guys, you know, keep your doors unlocked. But, like. I have never lived in any place where I just, oh, my door is unlocked. The people just walk right on in. I don't care. Like, even if I live in the safest suburb in the world, like, all those doors are fucking locked. No one's just going to walk into my house and at least have to kick the first door down. <laughs> okay. But here's the real question. And we got to go, and we'll go round, we'll go round robin, starting with Josh here. I ain't going to put the pressure on the young man like that. Well, well I'm going to start with Jason, then go to Josh, and then to Jerry, and then we'll go finish. I won't even have a comment here, Jaren, because we argued this enough. <laughs> 28 days and 28 weeks later, are they technically zombies, Jason? Yeah, they're zombies. If they're, oh, they God. have lost control of their, of their <laughs> cognitive functions, they're zombies. Even though in 28 weeks later, it changes the freaking lore, and they're all up in the daytime at this point, when in the first one they weren't. So that's why that movie sucks, Jaren. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, they're zombies. <laughs> Josh, are they zombies? Well, I've seen bits and pieces of the movie, but my impression of it was they were almost vampire-like, more than like a zombie, from what I've seen. That's, Damn, that's that my opinion. Besides that, besides your Resident Evil take, Josh, you're on the money now. Uh, <laughs> Jaren, are they zombies? Yes, they're they're fucking zo- of course they're zombies. Absolutely. Also, 28 weeks later, we got to see Gen- Jeremy Renner like like uh. Doing his like um his Jeremy best, Renner. Yeah. <laughs> his yeah. best Jeremy Renner. <laughs> no, doing doing his, his best Hawkeye before he was Hawkeye. He was like he was trying to get that Hawkeye job in that movie. Yeah, and he was absolutely useless in that movie as he is absolutely useless as Hawkeye. 
gets oh. gassed to death. Come on, get out of here. Oh. <laughs> you know, and the dude, the- like, they let the dude go and kiss his wife. There's no, like, protocols. Like, she's in quarantine. She's like, ah, uh, yeah. you know what? You like yeah. your movie. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just <laughs> never respect your opinion ever again. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> somebody broke it down for me. Whoever has Hawkeye on his side, the, that's when the Avengers win. Every time Hawkeye is not on the team, the Avengers <laughs> lose. So he's the good luck charm. charm. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that being said, welcome everybody to the Inward for Nerd podcast. I'm your host, Jason Big J, Corny J in the building. Uh, and I have an illustrious, a very rambunctious group. I don't know how I'm going to mediate and monitor all this, but we're going to try our damn, uh, damn this here. Uh, starting with my co-host, as always, the Duke of All Nerds, Jason. How's it going, Jason? I mean, it's going, I guess. Left is the direction that's <laughs> going. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going right off the road, just like Army of the Dead. Uh, <laughs> bringing in my other co-host, we are going to talk Jaren. What's going on, Jaren? What's up? Dude, we could talk about Army of the Dead this whole time. It's yeah, cool. we could. We could just make this whole <laughs> thing Army of the Dead. <laughs> wow. Uh, and we got to come up with a nickname for you too, Jaren. We got to put that into the processes, and uh, you can be the we'll, we'll, we'll come guy. up with something. <laughs> Give me the token <laughs> white guy, yeah. the token <laughs> white guy, the token. <laughs> and then introducing to the microphone and to the show, my nephew here, Josh. What's going on, Josh? What's up, everybody? <laughs> All right, he is in the bell. Hey, Josh, go to the U. So you know. He's taking a lot of time out of his busy schedule of looking at women in, in beaches and bikinis to be here with us. So I have to respect him even more because I would have told my uncle, like, yeah, I'll do the show. And I would have been like, 8 o'clock, I'd be like, motherfucker, unk, I'm on the beach, homeboy. Like, we, you got to either get me on another day. So I respect that he's here because turning down the women in those bodies is a lot to do. Uh, <laughs> jumping, in, <laughs> jumping into it, we got a new segment, or I guess a segment. We're going to try to keep our viewers a little bit up to date on what's going on because I'll be damned if half the time I don't know what's going on. So we have a little segment called Geek News. So starting off on Geek News, we'll try to recap some of the news that dropped sometime in a week, last week, last two weeks, and try to bring it to you so you can know what's on the horizon or what's going on or what to expect. So starting off in the first thing of Geek News, you all get to relive the death of Optimus Prime over and over again in 4K. So, Transformers, I guess I should have said spoiler alert, huh? Uh, Transformers, <laughs> the movie. 30-year-old movie. Yes, 35-year-old <laughs> <laughs> anniversary. It's coming out with a 4K Blu-ray version of the movie. Does anybody have extremely fond memories of this movie and like the recommended, or do you think it's trash like Michael Bay's Transformers? I recommend it. I remember <laughs> watching it with my dad. We have the DVD still. And at the end, when Rodimus Prime... Shows up. That's awesome. <laughs> Actually, knowing knowing your dad, you're probably going to get the 4K version of it. Knowing your dad, so. oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, let's move on right to the next news on there. Um, in the words of the immortal, there can only be one person that's going to play Superman, The Witcher, and lose a fight to Tom Cruise. Henry Cavill has signed on to play Highlander. We for the Highlander reboot. We do not know if he's going to be Duncan McLeod, but I feel like if he is not, I'll be almost partially offended. But I know you guys may have some hate about that because Duncan's my favorite guy in the Highlander series, but I know how that goes with other people in the fandom. Uh, Jaren, you in the Highlander any chance? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Shoulder shrug. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows the best I mean, Highlander I... is Quentin from the cartoon. Woo! <laughs> you will have this one. 
and they're really into swords, even though they exist in an era with guns. So I, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's really hard to cut someone's head off with a gun. You got to be really, really good. <laughs> they are. Back and forth. You got to be actually Hawkeye good to do that. All right, going on <laughs> to our next topic. <laughs> the DC Universe has decided to bless us with more animation. Thank you to the gods of DC, because now we're getting a new Superman series, which honestly, when I read the description, sounds like trash. We're getting a new Batman series, which is going to sound pretty good. And we're getting an animated DC movie for Injustice, Gods Among Us, which I'm really excited about because DC seems to hit the mark almost 100% of the time with the animated series. Jason, what are your thoughts on in these three announcements? Look, as long as DC keeps making cartoons, it's going to be great. I'm going to be there for it. You know, that's the best thing they can do. If uh, uh, Period. That's the best thing they can do. They, they, they can't make movies, so they might as well make cartoons. All right. So let's go. That's, that's awesome. All right. Now, on this next bit of news, I am going to skip you here, Josh, but I'm going to get right back to you. Um, in white people news, Friends is going to have a reunion show on HBO Max. Since we've done him the token, Jaren, you have to live up to your name. Excited? <laughs> lukewarm? Are you Could like your popcorn ready? Excited? I don't fucking uh, <laughs> Is that a Friends uh, reference? I, I, like, I like Chandler, um, but I heard he was like fucked up when he was doing his interview and the announcement and like slurring his speech and shit because he's like addicted to pills or something. I don't know. So uh, it could be fun to watch a train wreck, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Josh was shaking his head. Josh, are you into friends? Is that is that your shit? I'm Biggest. not into it. I, there's plenty of people who I'm friends with that are, but I know plenty about the reputation of Matthew Perry right now. <laughs> And it's not looking good for him. <laughs> so what I have I have so many questions coming off of that. One, <laughs> you, uh, you you can say you're white friends. It's fine. Uh, two, are you like the PR guy for Matthew Perry? Since you're like keeping up with him, are you on his fan page? What? How are you keeping up with Matthew Perry? <laughs> I don't know. For some reason lately, not even including the reunion, I've been hearing a lot about him because. He was caught on like dating apps, you know, like how Ben Affleck was earlier. <laughs> and uh, it was kind of awkward with that. You know, everyone's like, people didn't know if it was him or not. And it actually being true that it was Matthew Perry. And he was mostly looking for w- women in the mid 20s rather than women around his age, you know? Whoa. So, Man, hey, the things you'll find out from Google. At least they're legal. That's all that matters. At least they're legal, yeah. <laughs> True facts. All right. Uh, Masters of the Universe is coming back with Masters of the Universe Revelation. And on Netflix, July 23rd, I did hear some extreme opposition to it. So I'm going to give the floor to you, Jaren. Why are you hating on Masters of the Universe? <sighs> I, was, I was born. I grew up in the 80s. That whole situation is trash. Like, uh, fucking Shira, garbage. Uh Fucking Lionel or whatever his name is, He Man. <laughs> uh, that was a joke. That was a joke. No, um, I mean, what, uh, the the big cat, uh, the little the little weird wizard thing with the zero that is just the most annoying thing in the world. I just no, just mm, miss me with that. All of that. There's nothing. They're gonna have to change it up a hundred percent for me to like it, and that means all the original fans with some uh, like nostalgia boners are gonna hate it because it'll be good. Look, I mean, I will give hope to it because I think Cartoon Network is somewhat intertwined with this a little bit because I do remember the Thundercat series that Cartoon Network did, and I wasn't a huge Thundercat fan growing up. That so was, that was awesome. I do, I do have hope. I do have hope. 
All right. And if we haven't had enough zombie talk, you're going to get a lot more going forward because now Netflix is also going to do a little bit of Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. It's going to be a CGI cartoon series going to be premiere on Netflix July 8th. Go ahead, since we have a Resident Evil, I guess, aficionado, or at least a son of aficionado. Josh, any thoughts on this Resident Evil Infinite Darkness? And will you and your father watch this together? Uh, most likely, we are going to watch this together. I'm excited. I know I've seen plenty of like um, other uh, CGI um, Resident Evil films and things like that. So, And I know they've been pretty good, much better than the like a live action franchise and so knowing netflix and how they treated castlevania and they did well with that amazing with that i don't see how they can go really wrong with a resident evil franchise okay and so that is what we have in geek news and again again we're going to keep trying to do this segment and i'm pretty sure i'll get input from all of my co-host going forward because i just literally just google shit hey what's going on the geek sphere and this is a list of things i got so i was surprised that friends made the geek sphere because i really don't know anybody that oh my wife watches friends but she's not a geek so i uh, think all <laughs> people that watch friends are geeks <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think you mean it in a good way uh, no. so, <laughs> living single will always be better oh well you know well we all know that that living single is what birth friends friends is a ripoff of living single but whatever we want to hurt all the fanboys for saying that out loud let's jump onto a fanboy favorite here because we keep it in theme of zombies um a little good old zombie film you know debuted on netflix and it was directed i think and written by probably the hottest director going on right now in hollywood because people can't Great seem mind. to keep tweeting <laughs> and putting his name in all their mouths Zack snyder came out with army of the dead a zombie film, which I think they said has a loose tie-in to his version of Dawn of the Dead that Jaren loves so much. So, while we get started, we're going to get a little bit of the trailer, and then from there, we're going to let Jaren kick it off since he loves Zack Snyder and all his uh, eloquent camera work and all the crap he does. So, <laughs> great music videos. <laughs> Mr. Ward. How would you like to make fifty million dollars on a warm? Why, yes, I would love to make fifty million dollars, sir. On a train bound oh, over this way. <laughs> met up with the camera. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. All right, Jen, let's go ahead and get to it, man. Tell us your feelings about Army of the Dead. Okay, I mean, I don't have three pages like somebody, but uh, <laughs> oh, he's, oh, that's why he's going last. He's definitely going last. <laughs> um, uh, black guy makes it to the end, phenomenal. Like we were talking about earlier, uh, Tig Navarro is uh, my favorite character type and favorite character in this. They, uh, her, her comment about them, uh, she's like when she sees the helicopter for the first time, and she's like, why did he spend all that money on that little miniature? Does this piece of shit? <laughs> absolutely hilarious she's clearly got a smoking motor under her and she's radioing yeah it's good to go i'm just giving it a wash and a wax <laughs> i mean uh uh the the german guy uh like their, his friendship that he develops with the black dude was fantastic um i think they underutilized uh the asian dude i know he's just the money behind it but i thought uh, he's he's a great actor i've seen him in a lot of things and it sucks that they didn't uh 
utilize him a little more. I don't know how I feel about this idea, and this seems to be kind of in vogue lately, zombies that have some sort of intelligent animal structure that they adhere to or something like that. These are supposed to just be reanimated corpses that you know, crave flesh. So uh, I don't I don't know if I dig the whole, hey, we're going to have a zombie baby and you, 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 you kill my woman, so now I'm angry than I would be if I'm not that zombie. I don't, I don't know. Uh, and of course, the uh, the guy that the, the bad guy in the group that's clearly the bad guy that's like 100 always plays a bad guy. Uh, and it's just like everybody was really smart about it. Like, even take breaking it down, like clearly how the hierarchy works here. You need me clearly because I need to be able to fly, fly us out of here. Um, but we really don't need that dude because he's clearly here to double cross us, right? Like, obviously, I thought that was fantastic that she just calls it out straight like that. Um, yeah, and uh, the the tiger, <laughs> the tiger uh, already took a piece of uh, stick and Roy came back for more. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump on over and over to Josh. Josh, what are your thoughts about Army of the Dead from what you saw? So I got to see, you know, the first 30 minutes or so of the movie. And before even watching the movie, just from the name of the movie, uh, my impression of it was that it was going to be a sort of Zack Snyder twist on Army of Darkness, that, which it was not. It, <laughs> it was not. The only similarities... Uh, like Jaren said, just having a more intelligent zombie threat because in Army of Darkness, the Deadites are, you know, more a, a lot smarter than the average, you know, and, dead and thing. Funny. So <laughs> that was one thing I saw. But from the first 30 minutes I've seen of the movie, it, it was very interesting. It just I couldn't finish it because I was hanging out with some friends. But I did like <laughs> – I do like uh, Dave Bautista – I think Dave Bautista is a very good actor. And this is a hot take because I do adore The Rock, but I think he's better at action movies than The Rock. Whoa, um, Jesus Fighting words right there. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think we can invite this guy back. <laughs> but that's, I don't know. I just like, I did like the first 30 minutes. I liked how the reason for the apocalypse starting was because of a wedding car blowjob on the way to Las yeah. Vegas. So it was just, you can tell from the start, this wasn't going to be, you know, a typical zombie movie. There's going to be comedic aspects. And I like comedy aspects in zombie movies. I've seen by my top five before. <laughs> okay. Um, man, you gave us something to take in there, Josh. I'm just going to keep it real here. Not the process for what you just told us. Um I think I pretty much stopped listening to you after you said uh, Batista was a better action star than The Rock. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and mute yourself and get off the show. No, I'm joking. So <laughs> you can stay for now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so I, I'm going to be real with you. I like the movie. I thought Snyder did a better job of resurrecting someone from the dead than he did with Superman. So for there, that's always a plus for me right there. Um, Snyder may be the greatest montage director of all time that beginning montage is just a masterpiece the begin as much as terrible as batman versus superman is that beginning montage and that is really good as well watchmen epic like 
he may be the best of the opening scene. Hey, I'm gonna give you the whole universe in a snapshot and slow mute with a slow motion and a bunch of music. I will give him a little bit of credit because to Jaren, what we always I always talk about for me, my zombie movies have to have a little bit of social commentary. I like that about the, the thought process of the zombie movies being a substitute for something else socially. Zack Snyder, for the faintest moment, he tried. He tried to throw that shit in there. It was like, mm, after an hour, fuck this, let's get to the action. I mean, he tries to hit on things about immigration, the mistrust of the government, uh, the caste system, or how we treat our vets. Like, he throws all those little nuggets in there, and I'm thinking for the payoff, and it was like, nah, bruh, we about to be out here and blow these guns. So <laughs> it turned into Zack Snyder, so I will give him some credit for that. At least he tried to add some of that conversation in there. Um, and for me at this point, if he just attempts something, it's better than what he normally does. Cause I, I watched Baby Doll again or whatever, or Sucker Punch, that's what it was. And I realized that movie is probably the like the worst movie I've probably ever seen. Because nothing in it actually does anything. It's just a dumbass movie for guys that want to whack off the chicks in skirts with samurai swords. So I mean, again, <laughs> feminist movie, Sucker Punch. That is a oh, feminist that's... masterpiece. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Him and Joss, him and Joss Whedon is... both, huh? but all that being said i mean yeah we'll give our recommendations at the end of this all right so he had three pages guys so i'm I'm literally going to put him into the big screen we're going to zoom in and we're going to (laughs) let jason have his time jason please give us your thoughts on i'm I'm not going to read the the entire three pages but i did take three pages of notes on this movie first and foremost um i think Zack snyder is a 13 year old like trapped in a man's body. <laughs> like, I know that you guys thought that that blowjob scene was funny. I thought it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. In my life. I agree. I, I concur. Yeah, yeah. Like that was literally like, oh, the zombie apocalypse happened because two people can't watch the road that, and because someone's getting roadhead. Like that's literally like what I would have thought of in high school and thought it was clever as fuck, but wasn't. <laughs> as soon as I turned eighteen, I was like, that's not that smart. That whole entire first look, little segment. Could have been completely left out of the movie. Did not make uh, uh, any sort of uh, impact or aspect to the movie at all. We didn't really need to know where where the alpha came from. I mean, if it were a sequel to uh, the Army of uh, to the Dawn of the Dead, which it isn't, it's supposed to have nothing to do with either of those movies. Then we could have completely left that out of the movie. But since it wasn't, they had this stupid ass scene in there. The montage was pretty good, but they make this whole. Uh, they show the shots of this lady, this mom character who is supposed to be a badass who ends up dying in the, yeah. in the montage with her daughter, I guess. And like, they never reference that again. Like, that could have been a cool story character beat for Dave Batista's character into going back into this thing after losing one of his teammates. He's like, ah, oh, and maybe his team doesn't trust him. But none of this is ever explained or ever discussed ever again. The only thing he really cares about is his daughter, even though he didn't really care about that at the beginning. And they resolve that conflict like halfway through the movie. She's like, "Oh, you left me," and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm sorry." She's like, "Yeah, I'm, that's cool." And there, it's over. <laughs> and then, okay, actually, guys, people, people who haven't seen this, that is actually how it is resolved. He's not just fucking <laughs> yeah. around for comedic timing. That's how it was resolved. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of his daughter, like I did, you you know, like when she's like, "I'm coming along with you," he's like, "Well, you're gonna stay by my side." You know, for the very first moment that she's not going to stay by his side from the get-go, because that's how movies work. She's going after her friend, Gita, who went into the zombie infested to get some money, and somehow the zombies kidnapped her for some stupid reason, even though 
you know, the zombies were making zombies. Like the alpha zombie took a guy and bit him right there. And for some reason, he's keeping these people alive. He never, we never explained why. But it's a good motivation that she feel, you know, she can realize her friend's alive. You know, after she's already there, and the lady's like, "Well, sometimes a zombie takes people alive and keeps them for a while." So that's fucking bullshit. And then at the end, we don't even know what happens to the mom because, like, they don't ever show her ever again after the helicopter crashes. So, like, basically, this whole entire movie was for nothing. Like, everybody except, for exception of the black guy, dies, but even he ends up dying at the end. Uh, well, he started. There's also such thing as radiation poisoning. They nuke the city. He's just like, oh, I'm fine. I'll just walk through radiated Las Vegas yeah. and just keep on walking. It's fine. And then That's also the, the timeline of how the zombies get made into zombies. If he was bitten before he got into the the freaking uh, safe, he would have been a zombie before he got out of the safe. If we're going by their timeline, you know, he couldn't walk yeah. to Utah or whatever, or walk to the nearest farm out of Las Vegas, which would have been like. 50 miles and then drive to Utah and then get on a plane to Mexico City and then fly to Mexico City and then realize, oh, I guess I'm turning into a zombie now. This movie <laughs> it didn't make it, it didn't make any sense. Like the 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 Mexican chick who tagged on tagged along suddenly is, you know, suspicious of the white dude, like who's obviously the suspicious dude. She's like, why do you even care that he's there? You were just there for the fun. Like, why are you the one bringing this up? And then the guy's like, oh, I'm going to get her killed. And then they're all just standing around just watching her die. Like, y'all are there. Y'all could have saved her. She was doing a pretty good job defending herself. If anybody stepped yeah. up and helped her, she would have been alive. And you're also, like, jeopardizing your whole entire mission for this. Like, And then also, he jeopardized the whole entire mission for a zombie head. And, like, this is worth more than $200 million. Like, why didn't you just do that? Why didn't you just tell him that? Like, if you're going to give him $200 million, <laughs> or if you're going to betray them, betray them after they get back. It's like, Oh, we we made it back. All right, cool. You're all dead now. We get the money. Like none of this makes any sense to me. It was just I love zombie movies. I love them, but it, it doesn't uh, sound it doesn't sound that way. Uh, <laughs> this made my this made my head hurt. How, how, if I could ask, did the daughter know to go to that particular hotel? It's a freaking hotel. It's under the room. Yeah. I she finds them in hundreds of rooms with less. Oh, okay. Yeah. And also, here we go. There's a lot of points where they pause and they talk about shit when they have a timeline. When they open the safe, they're all just looking at the money. Oh, we open the safe. It's like, y'all know there's a nuclear bomb coming within like 30 minutes. Like, I don't know why you're talking to each other like that. And then at the end, when the helicopter comes back, he's sitting there talking to Tig Navarro. It's like, you know there's a nuclear bomb coming. You also know that that zombie's not dead. Like, it felt like they were just yeah. like... Sense of urgency, man. Get on the helicopter, and then like the thing comes up. Like, don't just stand there. Like, ah, I thought you left me. Like, no, I didn't leave you. Like, this is really yeah. a funny situation. We should have a five minute conversation about this right here as this nuclear bomb's about to come and kill us all. Yeah. If, if, if Batista had gotten off that fucking, if he'd gotten on the helicopter right when everybody else did, it would have been fine. They'd have been up in the air. It would have been fine. And that, the and they would have been gone, and everybody would have, and everybody would have lived, and they would have probably made yeah. out of safe distance. And and not yeah. blown up or whatever, he would not have been a zombie. It would yeah. have been fine. But no, we had to pad it out for extra drama. Even though, like, if you wanted the the the, the super zombie to end up on the, the helicopter, just like get on the helicopter and the super zombie comes out and jumps on the helicopter. You don't need to sit there for five minutes talking. And also, I don't like this whole smart zombie because you know what a smart zombie is—a person. A 
<laughs> we don't need smart zombies. It's like just just make them people. Like there's people living in there who want to stay in Las Vegas with all the zombies, and they like killing people. But who cares? It doesn't matter. Like the fact that this is, he's a zombie doesn't like affect anything whatsoever. It's just like once it becomes smart zombies, like it's it's just make it a person. Like because really these zombie movies are about like not about the zombies itself. A lot of these movies are about man's inhumanity to man. And that's what this whole entire genre is about. But smart zombies are yeah. It's dumb. I don't know. I don't like it. But, well, I mean, uh, this movie gave me... Okay, well then, going on to recommendations, then Jason, will you recommend this movie for people? Oh. See, no, I would not recommend this movie, this movie to you because... <laughs> There is already a movie with the exact same premise that is a hundred times better. It's called Peninsula. It's a sequel to Train to Busan. It's a hundred times better. It has the same exact same premise where a guy, an ex-army guy, has to go get some money from an infected soul and get out in a, in a certain amount of time. And it's so great. It's better than this piece of trash movie. So just watch that instead. <laughs> is that on Netflix? Okay. What's up? Is that on Netflix? Yes, I believe it is on Netflix. If not, I don't have Netflix and it's on Hulu. It's one of it's one of All those right. two. It's streaming right now. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Today. Okay, Jaren, do you recommend this movie? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> if you if you could just cut down all the Tig Navarro scenes and watch that, it's like five minutes of gold. But otherwise, no. <laughs> Josh, from the thirty minutes that you did indulge yourself in before you guys had to go to bed. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> oh, you your curfew was up. <laughs> Would you recommend this movie? Nah, I would not. <laughs> it just I don't like Zack Snyder all that much. So and from what you guys have said, you guys have sold me on not to watch this. So <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel any better. I, I would recommend watching this movie. It's on Netflix. If you're already paying for it, enjoy it. You know not to expect like a real in-depth zombie film. It, it, it it's at the end of the day, a Zack Snyder movie. You know what it is. I would recommend it as long as you go in with those expectations that this is what you're getting. A bunch of nonsense, but a bunch of zombie kills and gore. And I mean, you even at least got to watch it just for the tiger kill. At least. Tiger, you at least got to watch that. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. See, I, I disagree, man. You could tell that dude was on strings. It was done <laughs> so bad. Oh, John. So bad. Here I, we go. I like the idea of the zombie tiger. <laughs> Thank you. Right, right. right. But it was it, not... It, for it being Snyder and that kind of budget, it was actually Oh, there we go. <laughs> nope, that, 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 that opinion will not age well, Jaren. We'll just tell you that now. Well, that, uh, there's Peter, a lot of stuff that, that, that they did really good. Because Tig Navarro wasn't really originally in the movie. She was green screen in because they fired Chris D'Elia and they, and they basically uh, took all of his shots and replaced him with her. And a lot of times you can't tell, except for the very first scene where it's actually, it looks like she's like, Here's some things I'm saying, and they're like, reaction. And here's some more things I'm saying, and they're like, oh yeah, cool, dude. And it's like the, the most generic, like blatantly obvious that she's not talking to them at all, and they're not talking to one another. But other than that, it's it was pretty seamless. Yeah, that that, that, that dagger did not match up with that dude's movements at all. Jan, 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 Jan. Look again, we, we got it all on recording now. That yeah. that opinion won't. When people go to talk about like zombie kills and like echelon of history. That scene was gonna is gonna come up, and people are gonna acknowledge that scene is like just being a fun scene. But what happened? 
but we understand the animatronic animation guy. Oh no, it's so fake. He uh, he wouldn't move like that in the physics. We're talking about a fucking zombie tiger. What are we talking about <laughs> physics? Jesus Christ! I'm talking, I'm talking, about, the, I'm talking about the actor. Once the again, <laughs> nobody cares, Jared. It does not care. Captain America shield bounces off twenty things so first. Does not make it physics. Visual but nobody all cares. the in this movie, that's the least. Yeah, it is yeah exactly, exactly. People are going to the movie is that zombie kill was, yes, that zombie kill was great. He can accept Captain America's shield bouncing all the way to fuck off the universe. It's but made from magic African rocks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yes, that's why. The power of the motherland invokes you. <laughs> going on to another thing, we're talking about reboots, reassignments, re-whatever, because everything is a re of something out in Hollywood. Uh, Chris Rocks, I, I, and I say Chris Rocks because he was one that brought it back, Spiral. Book of Saw hit theaters last week, and um, some of us did go and indulge ourselves in this movie. So let's go ahead and jump it right off with uh, Jason. Did you check out Spiral Book of Saw? I did not because I'm not going into a theater because they're dangerous. There's a <laughs> pandemic going on. But I do have some thoughts about the Saw franchise in general, and it's basically one of these things that they always say in one of these movies, like either uh, What's-His-Face Jigsaw says it himself or some other person says and like, well, you know, Jigsaw is not really a murderer, and you're like, do you know what the definition of murder is? Like, he's a he's a goddamn murderer. He's a straight up yeah. horrible torturer of people that that kills people horribly. He's a murderer, and you sound like an idiot when you say that. So it's like I don't like murder. Well, stop kidnapping people and putting bear traps on their faces then if you don't like murder. <laughs> <laughs> Stop putting keys in acid so they have to put their hands in the acid to get the key so they can unlock the thing that's going to shred them in half, you know, so you can teach them a lesson. That's that's murder, guys. That's that's murder. Yes. <laughs> D- D- duly noted, if anybody tells you that he's not a murderer, stay away from that guy because he's a murderer. All right, Jared. Uh, <laughs> Jared, did you check out Spiral? I didn't. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of the Saw movies. The only the 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 most fun I've had watching Saw movie was uh, that like internet video where he was like a ho- uh, Jigsaw makes a horrible roommate. But that <laughs> shit was hilarious. But uh, no, no interest. All right. And I'm pretty sure Josh rounded out. Did not check out Spiral as well, right? Book of Saw. No go. No, not really. I basically watched cliff notes of it just so <laughs> I could be prepared. But uh, for the most part, I don't. Re- I didn't watch it. Nah, I did like the cliff notes I saw though. I did like the cliff notes, and I'm going to watch it now because of those cliff notes. I've heard Chris Rock was great in it. I've heard. Oh that. yeah, from yeah. what I've seen, it was like it wasn't like a traditional Chris Rock movie for sure. Well, yeah, because usually the only Pookie time he's getting killed in his movies is uh, when he was Pookie from New Jack. So, oh, man. Remind <laughs> me of that. I'm still Pookie, um, man. Pookie. You didn't have to look, the track. If you guys ever want to know when you listen to this program and if we really do any type of pre-production, I could just tell you we don't because all three of those guys haven't watched it. I'm like, yeah, did you watch it? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but, but, the, but the series sucks, though. Nope. But I got the smart notes. But all right. <laughs> I'm going to make it very easy, short and sweet to the point because this movie should not take much time on this show. I would just impose you guys, if you want to watch Spiral Book of Saw, just watch Seven. It's a way better version of it with a lot more going on. Um, This movie is three movies that they just jammed into one. The first part of the movie is Chris Rock's stand-up. He makes all these jokes about like how Forrest Gump 
it wouldn't be acceptable in today's society and how you shouldn't get married because, you know, as a cop being married, you know, you off on Tuesday is great, but it doesn't make up for Saturday. He does his whole, like, bits and all up in the getting part. Second part of the movie is, yes, the seven ripoff. It's like, oh, yeah, he's doing these traps, but he has a purpose because, you know, it's against getting back at the police department for being corrupt. And then the last part is like, hey, we're in a woke era, so let's talk about police corruption and how this is the wrong way to fix police corruption, but we should fix police corruption, guys, because, you know, Spiral said so. Yeah, fuck this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, if you, like, saw... Enjoy it, have at it, have fun. Another reason I guess I was mad too, Sam Jackson's only like in six, seven scenes. Now, he does give you a lot of motherfuckers in that time, but <laughs> not enough to fit my quote if I haven't Sam Jackson in there. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm off on that, man. Yeah, we can... I, I would not recommend seeing Spiral, especially if you got to spend your money and take the chance of getting uh, COVID from going to the movie theater. No recommendation for me. Right. <laughs> not worth COVID. Spice. 16, right. 700 motherfuckers for Sam Jackson. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah, he owes me some motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, jumping into the next program we did, or we're supposed to review here. Uh, Marvel hit us with another one. But this one I felt like, because it wasn't, it's not on Disney+, Plus. they've kind of did a really good job of um, going under the radar with it. But we do have a Marvel series, MODOK, uh, MODOK for, for Marvel. Um, Pat Oswalt plays the title character for it. Has anyone took a chance to gander to watch this for us? I dare to watch it, yes. Okay. <laughs> Jason, let's start off with you. What were your thoughts about Marvel's? Well, I movie? watched the first three episodes. I remember the first one and a half because the second one put me to sleep. I don't know who's this for. Like, wh who, who wants this show? This is not, it's not funny. It's not like... It doesn't make a lot of references to Marvel stuff other than like the bare minimum, like, oh, there's Iron Man. I got his shoe. Like, it's none of it's, it's the, I mean, like, it just seems like Patton Oswald, who's, who's, who's a really good voice actor, just phoned this in. It's like, it doesn't seem like he wants to be there. And it's like, none of this is good. It's just, it's bad. It's just so terrible. It's, it's not funny. It's not, you know, it's not full of references. Like, I would expect this kind of show to be like Star Trek um, Below Decks. Like, that's a show that is uh, a fan service show that's supposed to be funny a, from a serious property. Like it or love it, it does have like Star Trek at its heart. So, even though maybe like the jokes might not get, you know, land all the time, it's still an enjoyable show because it has Star Trek, it has what it's trying to reference at its heart. This show is a callous money grab for cynical people. I don't understand why any, this is on here. It's terrible. Don't watch it. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and jump to Jaren. Jaren, by any chance, did you check out Marvel's new addition to their catalog? <laughs> I did. I watched the first two episodes, so I didn't even get as far as Jason. Um, yeah, it, it feels like Robot Chicken without the ADHD. I mean, like, it just, it doesn't bounce around like which apparently is the secret sauce to Robot Chicken. It's like yes. they're not allowed to leave this narrative and go somewhere else and come back for a cheap lap later. It just, it just, you're stuck with their worst idea, and then you have to stay stuck with it. Uh, no, wouldn't recommend. Wow, uh, Josh, any chance did you happen to gander on um, onto this and stumble across it? Yeah, I watched the first two episodes as well, and I was going to say this did remind me of Robot Chicken, but if it was meant for Disney children, but. <laughs> It's not meant for children because they do stupid things like 
blow up rabbits, have people's arms get cut off, do little gory things just to remind you this is not meant for children. But then the actual show, like the storyline, is as easy to follow for like a three-year-old. I, I don't know. I just I don't like the show, and I'm gonna have to agree. I would. I'm not probably gonna finish watching the rest of any of it. And I I was kind of disappointed. I thought it was going to be like comedic, making fun of okay, Modok's funny man with a big head, but here's some actual like Marvel lore, you know, things that are important to his character. Because for, for the most part, like people have seen Modok, but people don't know of Modok. And this isn't the way to get to know Modok. <laughs> this is the complete opposite. <laughs> All right. Man, I love these moments in the show. <laughs> when when Jason... What are you going to say, did, Jason? What are you going to say? Big J get to be on some bullshit. <laughs> I love these moments because... I fucking love this series. I'm out. I'm oh, out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I want to give some caveats. I want to give some caveats to do this. And Jared is my witness will tell you this. I'm a firm lover of Teen Titans Go. And if you took Teen Titans Go and Robot Chicken and they had a mutilated baby that came out as Marvel, this series would, would be not it. be it. This <laughs> no. would be it. This would yeah. be it. Teen Titans, Titans Go, it was, it was so hard for people to stomach because all the arguments you guys are having about MODOK was the same exact arguments everybody had about Teen Titans Go, that it didn't do with the lore. They just made up stuff. The characterizations are all wrong. It's a, it, And I love the fact this is like, hey, we're going to make this Jewish family comedy as he's married to a Mexican woman and have it like a day-to-day in the life of the office world of MODOK as he tries to run AIM and is currently running it into the ground. I love... All of it. I mean, uh, granted, I'm biased because Peyton Oswalt, usually anything he's in that's not Blade Trinity, I'm usually down for. So that helps you out a lot when it goes to there. But it is some gags in there and some jokes in there that I just thought were hilarious. And then even when you guys are like, oh, well, they don't really reference the Marvel stuff and all that. Maybe because I actually watched all 10 episodes. They do reference a lot of it. Like they talk about Storm and Captain America. Even the last episode, because again, it's a spoiler show. Is when he actually is in the universe where he takes over the earth and he walks down the hall and you see Hawkeye's bow and arrow, which maybe Hawkeye's the word of the day or the character of the day today because it seems to keep coming up. But you see his bow and arrow, you see Thor's hammer, you see Captain America's shield, you see Iron Man's helmet, you even see Iron Man's initial helmet when he got the cave, and you see uh the Infinity Stones in the gauntlet on his thing. Like it's chock full of little side moments and conversations. Also, at one point, I think it's episode five, they do uh have a fight and they shoot a blaster that turns them into 2D characters, and they fight as 2D characters. Like It is chock full of just insanity, like you said, from Robot Chicken style, but also I enjoyed that it was like this whole, hey, we're going to take this villain that probably nobody cares about, and we're just going to fucking freak it and let him just go into this whole family drama as a narcissist, asshole, super genius, and go for it. I love the fact that, like, he was just a kid with a big-ass head and small limbs, and that's why he got that suit. It wasn't no mutation or nothing crazy. It was, like, no machine or program. It was like, oh, no, he's got a big-ass head, kid. Like, uh, I was here for it. I recommend it. If you are a deep-dive Marvel person, it's a lot of deep-cut Marvel stuff in there. He has an episode where he renounced... He gets all like the masters of uh, like the universe and evil together, like these off-brand villains, and gets like whirlwind is one of them and brings them all together to like storm Avengers Tower. But then he bails on them and they end up getting like mutilated. Like it is great. Like again, I will tell you guys, I know it's tough. Sit through because uh, you guys all made it to like pretty much episode two. At least get to episode five. And after episode five, if y'all don't fuck with it a little bit, 
I'll I'll put my hands up and let you have it. But I thought it was great. Um, episode seven has some funny shit in it. The final episode of it is great as well. Uh, just yeah, I say I say hang in there a little longer, guys. Hang in there because I felt the same way at the two episodes. I will agree. At the two episodes, I was like, why? What? What are we doing here? Like, what's the thought or the what the premise of it? It goes in, Jerry. You love time travel. It hits on time travel in it and does it very creatively and fun. Like, yes, I would say give it at least two more, at least episode five. Finish that. And if you hate it after that, then you can come in next week and tell me I'm an asshole for wasting your time. Or you can come in and go, all right, it did get a lot better. And I, I see why you like it now. But you, I recommend it. If you have to wade through five episodes before it gets good. It is not. No, I think it's good. At the, I didn't think it's good at episode three. There's a big difference better. between this and Teen Titans Go because Teen Titans Go was actually funny. And it was sharp. Yeah. It was, and it was time so and well written. Yeah. You better slow down, Jared, because you and Alex shitted on me for like a Teen Titans Go. I did. It's like, I, I, I bigged you guys up and made you guys to the theater and watch it. And then y'all <laughs> were like, oh, that shit is pretty funny. And then y'all went back and watched the rest of the shit. And I don't yeah. mean, for Teen Titans Go, I hated the concept of it when it initially was starting out. I was like, I loved the original Teen Titans. I grew up on that. And I was like, what are they doing? And then I actually sit down, I watch the show. It's and funny. it's a clever it's a clever parody of yeah. the characters. They they I think they stay in character to the original Teen Titan series, but it's at the same time making fun of the fact that they're so serious sometimes. They do that, they make fun of that in the in an episode just, or in a movie, I forgot which one it was, but about the original Teen Titans being so serious. <laughs> I don't know, well, I love Teen Titans go. The only one that keeps in characterization literally is Beast Boy. That's why it's a floating theory about Teen Titans Go that this is a fever dream from Beast Boy. Every <laughs> other character is completely out of I, characterization. Well, okay, they, okay. <laughs> like that's why I think Robin's, Robin's yeah, Robin. Robin's completely out of okay, yeah. He's a stinky uh the, midget, only reason, like. <laughs> the only reason I hated Teen Titans Go is because they canceled Young Justice to put this on. And oh. I loved Young Justice. That's the only that's, reason I hated it. I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this. But after watching, it's like this is a funny ass show. <laughs> Modoc is not funny. It's not. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna say right now, season one of Teen Titans Go is trash. As a guy who's watching numerous times with his daughters, it's like 47 episodes. It's not that good, bro. I'm going to keep it 100. Teen Titans go to really start getting good to the third season. but That might be true as well. <laughs> Young Justice right, is always well, better anyway. Yeah, oh, 100%. We're not yeah. gonna, I don't disagree with that either. So I guess it finally, for the first time this show ever, it was me against the world. And I'll go ahead and take that check mark by my name. Like, you know, going to throw it to me, Twitter, for a real analysis here from Jason. Uh, <laughs> I got the... the, the, the uh, Resident Evil was a bad take. You just made a one just way worse. <laughs> if you want a Jewish American comedy about that centered around a family, just watch the Goldbergs. It's way better than Modoc. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna go with uh Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh <laughs> that too. Uh, probably family, but that's funny too. <laughs> yeah, but Curb is like an all-time like all-timer there. That's so. a classic show. Classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's jump on into a show that I think is drumming up to be somewhat of a classic. Well, we got to what we may be possibly the season break for the Nevers. Jaren said he thinks it's one more episode before if it is. We'll come back and talk about that episode next week. But right now, we're going to talk about episodes one through six, really probably five and six majority of this time. Um, I'm just going to go right into it that I have never, yes, pun intended, never loved a season one, a season one from Joss Whedon that was not Firefly. Because all his season ones usually are complete garbage. And this season one right now, six episodes deep, is probably some of the best things he's done 
outside of maybe Firefly for six episodes. And maybe we can make an argument it's better than Firefly because Firefly was aired out of order. So with that being said, this show's fucking amazing, man. I mean, episode five and six, especially the end of five with the whole switcheroo. And, you know, I hate the switcheroo things as twists, but it was just so masterful. And it, it made sense because I think even we made a comment or maybe me and Jared talked about this like uh, by ourselves like how she was getting banged up and didn't like her powers didn't activate when she got arrested. Right. And yeah. it, it was weird that that didn't happen because, you know, we know she takes in pain and gets stronger. It didn't happen. Makes perfect sense now because she was, was not. Was <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, the Nevers, you have my time. You have my money. I'm probably never, ever going to stop watching it unless you have a fall off by season five. So you already got me for as long as this thing runs, at least for four seasons. I'm in here for <laughs> I'm in here. I'm too legit to quit. I got it. You got me here. Um, anybody else? Let's go ahead and jump right on to Jason, because Jason, you're the one that put us on to this. What are your thoughts about the Nevers possible season, mm -hmm. mid-season in? So between, I want to say between episode three and four, there was kind of like a little uh, wonkiness, because it was kind of like a sort of like a time jump between, or was it three and four? Where um, uh -huh. I guess a couple of months have passed since uh, Mary had died, and uh, everybody had moved on between three and four, and it was like weird, because I the girl was having sex with the dude, and even though they were like kidding at they were having a relationship, you didn't really know they were fucking each other yet. But then on episode, what is, what is this, five or six? Oh my god! Like they I, they set it up that that uh, Mrs. True isn't who she says she is, but I did mm -hmm. not see that coming. Spoiler alert: They're from the fucking future, or some shit like that. Future aliens bringing people back and putting them into other people's bodies and giving people freaking magic powers and stuff like i did not see that happening but it was such a cool twist that like i was like i was already hooked to the show and i was like they just brought me back in more and more they just got their little grubby little you know abuser fingers joss whedon abuser fingers into me <laughs> just dragging me down to his bullshit and i'm like i'm with you josh i love you man it's fine but you're a terrible human being because this show is so good like yeah, this this thing was great. It's it's they got me. They got me for another at least two seasons. And yeah, I can't say I can't say it's good. It's a great show. It's great. It's great. All right, Jaron, your thoughts on the Nevers. Man, so I am absolutely with Jason on this. I'm with both of you guys. Phenomenal show. Uh the only way I see it getting better now is all of, if you look at all your uh, your favorite episodes of Firefly, you'll see that it's co-written with this guy named Tim Minear or Miner. Uh, mm -hmm. If they bring him on to help out now that Whedon's off, it'll just make it even better. But um, uh, uh, the effects are absolutely first class, stunning all the way through that fight with uh, the hydrophobic uh, dude in the water. Yeah, some of the best television cinema fighting I've ever, 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 ever seen. Um, I, uh, you, they really pay off that issue that uh, Amalia has with uh, Malady, where she's like, you betrayed me. You finally see the betrayal. Um, and you understand, but ironically, you understand why she did it. She's smart enough to know that you got to play the game to get out of the fucking crate, the nut house. And she absolutely made Malady a sacrificial lamb. Um, that watching season six for the first like 10 minutes, I double, I checked it twice. I was like, am I watching the same show still? Um, <laughs> but they did. It was interesting. I watching that. And I, 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 I like, sometimes I get caught completely off guard, but as they wound down in the future segment, 
I started like I pieced it together. I was like, holy fuck, is that is that you know Molly? Is that Molly true? And then uh, you know somehow because she's she's made these off point references and they they're there and she'll make them constantly, but she won't. There's no like follow up. Nobody goes, what the fuck are you want about um, her situation? Like she's like, I'm here on a mission, you know, but I don't have orders. Um, and, and all of this, like, you know, I'm a soldier of some kind or something. For the longest time, I thought she was one of the aliens that they, mm. they had left her behind because she also references being left behind. So I was like, oh, was she one of the aliens that caused this? And, uh, and and then the ship dipped and she wasn't back on it yet. You know, I like uh, so. So this was uh, an incredible, incredible payoff. Hard left turn in a way that I ever seen in a series so it was very 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 gratifying and uh and of course whedon man you give him some time and a pencil and a piece of paper he will write slang for another time and place with the best of them like uh calling people gray is is the same thing as being called dim or dumb uh all of her future slang was fantastic and i noticed it i mean you know uh same with firefly their future their 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 space slang is great love it so, uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I cannot say enough good things about the show. Uh, the main actress is fantastic. Uh, I love Penance, uh, and not just because she's Irish, uh, but just because she's, you know, she's the heart. And so I also like that in episode four, Amalia did her thing, big reveal with, uh, with, uh, the, at the hanging. And then, uh, they get back to the place and it's just like, Hey man, How'd it go with you? Oh, it was, it was rough. And then you, but you don't see it. I'm like, oh, they didn't, they didn't show what they were up to. Yeah. We get the whole episode where we get, we get caught up on it. I'm like, oh, nice, nice. nice. So yeah. No, they got uh, their asses beat too. Yeah. <laughs> They're all bloodied yeah. and fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> the doc's, doc's working. <laughs> all right, Josh, any comments on, did you catch up on the Nevers? How, did you see any episodes? Well, I haven't seen any episodes of the Nevers yet. And honestly, I have no idea what it's about. I also <laughs> am not familiar with um, Firefly. I do know the importance of Firefly on science fiction. <laughs> but from what you guys have said, I might want to watch... Would it be better to watch Firefly first and then get into the Nevers? Or would it really not matter to want to get introduced to like Joss Whedon and his... like? Vision Always watch Firefly first. It's the best yeah. TV show of all time. Yeah. All right, hands down. So, yes to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. sure even though it came out when you were born, so yeah. the best show TV is- show of all time. Wow, that's high praise. Okay, all right. But this it's show is also really it. good. So once you get done with Firefly, go ahead and get on this show too. <laughs> I wouldn't Absolutely. say this show is the best TV show of all time, but it's it's really really good. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. It is really really good. All right. Well, that is our conversation about the Nevers. We are going to shift gears really, really smoothly here, and we are going to go and talk about uh, another Netflix series. I feel like Netflix is getting all the series now, and that is going to be Shadow and Bone for Netflix here. So this is another one that Jason told us to kind of check out here. So with that being said, Jason, go ahead. You're going to start us off here and let us know what your thoughts about Shadow and Bone. Okay, first off, I... Watched this whole entire series. I binge watched it, so it's obviously entertaining enough to keep me to watch this whole entire thing, unlike Modoc, which made me fall asleep halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the whole um, sort of like the whole world is very interesting. 
Um, the, the main character is kind of, I would say, cliche a little bit. She's a little bit uh, the chosen one prophecy, but she the thing that makes her cool, which I know is different from the books that this is based on, is that she is a, a biracial person from, she's half Asian from uh, another part of the world or in their world Asian, which makes her kind of a pariah already. So that's a pretty cool twist to it. Um, even though like the whole, her best friend, like, well, they, won't they, uh, that's kind of like lame. But the thing that really made the show for me is the crows. Uh, those guys are freaking yes. awesome. Especially the boy Jasper with his guns. He's, he, that's the, the scene where he's in there in the train and the monsters are swooping down upon him. And he just stands up with his guns and he just like, he's not even seeing these guys. He's just bullseyeing through the train to kill these monsters and he's on fire. It was amazing. I, it pretty much that made the show for me. There's one gripe that I have about, particularly the Casper, the character of Jasper. And they seem to do this in a lot of these like YA fiction shows where they make a character gay. But like the only way they can shorthand and be him being gay is to see the first guy he thinks is cute and fucks him. I feel like Same. like you can um, do better. <laughs> like there's a lot of shows I noticed this trope where they like they have the one gay character and he sees a dude and he's like oh and they they make eyes and the very next scene they have sex and like that's kind of a stereotype that you probably need to get rid of at this point. Like <laughs> like have them have a story arc, have them have a love interest, have them you know fall in love and have a, a boyfriend. It's like, don't just like say, have him have, just say this character's gay just by having him have the first guy he sees and fucks him. That's just, I just, this takes me out, takes me out of the moment with that, that trope. But other than that, like, you knew that the, um, the bad guy, I can't remember the character's name, General, whatever, was going to be the Yeah, Cregan or whatever, was, yeah, yeah. But it was still pretty cool that he was the, really the main bad guy the whole entire time. I thought that was a pretty interesting twist, even though you knew he was kind of be the bad guy. I didn't think he was going to be the bad guy. Um, other than that, like, yeah, the girl's kind of bland, but I like the world they built. I like the, all the the sort of lore they tell in the story, and I think it's a pretty good show. So that's my take on this this, this Shadow and Bone. I might actually pick up the books and read them. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and jump. Josh, you get a chance to watch Shadow and Bone? I did not, but. I did look into it because I did see that it was interesting. And I do agree with Jason that from what I, my uh, impression of it, I do like how the world building is set up. I It, it kind of reminds me of like a very complicated world building, like how Full Metal Alchemist is and Harry Potter, things like that. And I definitely am interested in this because I do like both of those series. So I'm going to give this one a watch too. Yeah, okay. a lot of homework ahead of you, Josh. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's what happened when you're in Miami out in the sun. You're having too much fun. You know, you go down the beach with your laptop and watch, and, and watch shows. <laughs> yeah, bring the young ladies over. Like, hey, you seen this, this show called Shadow and Bone? You'll love it. Uh, <laughs> Jaren, your thoughts on Shadow and Bone? Uh, I binged it uh, based on Jason's recommendation. Um, you know, it's good to see some airbenders that haven't been brought to the uh, brink of, uh, of of extinction. Big fan of that. I mean, I had they were even on sand skiffs, and I'm like, I'm having like season two Avatar: The Last Airbender like flashbacks. I'm like, oh fuck, they're gonna lose Appa. This is gonna be horrible. Um, uh, Jasper, also my favorite character. 
phenomenal. Not not a not a bender at all, but real fucking flash, real good with those guns. Also, he has that swagger to him that I just that character. I like it. He's smart. He's quick witted. You know, he also loves himself a little too much, which you know that's awesome. I, those characters tend to have the best uh, the best stories. Um, I one of the greatest payoffs, I think. It, it, and again, I I got this because I watched it all in one sitting. But um, when they take the comfort goat through the, uh, through the <laughs> yes. And he yeah. leaves with a bullet that then the the uh, the best the main character's best friend uses after that to to break out and get get free. I, I was like, holy shit, that's the bullet that Jasper left with him as, as, as like a love note or whatever. I was like, that's fucking fantastic. I thought that was great. Um, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> obviously it's just it's 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 kind of got that Avatar: The Last Airbender bending thing going on, just with a different kind of vibe. And yeah, I mean it. It it's it all takes place in like you know magic Russia, but uh, but you know <laughs> magic uh, Russia, yeah, yeah, Rav Ravka or whatever. But um, <laughs> no, I, I can't I can't say enough about it. It's it's fantastic. Um, I uh, I thought the main character, I didn't think their friendship was quite as hokey as Jason made it seem. I I don't know. I like that. Uh, I like that they were kind of orphans as kids, and and that that friendship kind of lasted throughout. Uh, so, uh, their motivations for trying to find one another and they're, they're genuine, how, how upset they are when powers that be interrupt their like letter writing campaign to each other. I thought that was good. Um, and, uh, yeah, no. Oh, and the, and the, the, the Indian chick with the knives, she's fucking dope too. Yeah. The crow. Great. Yeah. So, and I guess the guy with the canes there, cause, because what he's, he's he bought her freedom. I mean, he. I could lose him real fast, but oh, stop it! Leader, the leader, yeah, yeah. I'll, come I'll on, stop it! Uh, uh, uh. Dude, the comfort goat. When he was like, "Goats for you," <laughs> that was pure gold. <laughs> and he absolutely bonded with it just to calm himself down. I was like, "Oh, it's fantastic!" Yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm throwing more cold water, man. I'm about to just change my name to Super Jason when I have to go into these modes, man. Look, you about to naysay everything, man. Oh my god! Look, I'm. It hit all the fantasy tropes, and I know you, Jason, is a writer, and as Jaren, as you a connoisseur of fantasy, and I, I feel like I am, I'm in that echelon, but not as deep as you two guys are. They hit all the tropes, they hit all the lore parts. It was just boring. Like only thing was interesting about that show was you're right, the crows, and when the crows were on screen, I was there for it. I'm like, yes. What are they going to do? How are they going to pull this off? How does he keep outthinking everybody? How does he keep having, I mean, at one point when it was like, oh, go to plan B. And he goes, looks in the guy's phone and goes, all right, go to plan F. Like, yeah. you had a plan F. That's awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> I agree with you. The chick with the swords, Jasper, uh, it, the crows are by far, I wish it just would have been a show about the crows and all this other shit on the side because all the other shit, I, I don't care. I mean, it, it kind of made me go back to my uh, Jupiter's Legacy or Jupiter's Legend review where I wish I would have watched this when the season two was already done. Mm. And then I could have watched this all the way through and then watched season two because season two has to be the most intrigued. Like, are the crows going to team up with them now? Are they going to work it? Like, I cared nothing about this, the main storyline. I, I, I thought for a moment I got interested when I did go back into the fold. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe she's going to destroy the, like, get rid of the fold in season one. And now they have a whole other conflict because this dude is still trying to take over everything and be the ultimate ruler. 
And it's like, nah, the fold's still there. We find out she wasn't strong enough to do it anyway. So what the fuck did we do this whole season then? He didn't know he she wasn't strong enough to take her to the fold? Like, what the fuck? Oh, okay, great. All right, she wasn't strong enough. We get it. It just, I feel like nothing happened with the storyline we should have cared the most about. And the storyline that was supposed to be the, the B plot, I think, was the best part of the whole thing. And, like, not only because it was the best part, the characters were actually interesting and developed. And you knew what they were fighting for, and you knew why they wanted to do this, and you got what they what they were all about. Our main characters was like she was a puppet; she had no feelings about what was going on. It was like, oh, it sucks that I'm being done this, and then she got comfortable with being the sun the sun children. Like, oh yeah, I'm this person now; I'm great. And it's like her boyfriend that get left. Like, what did he thought that because they friends, he should follow her everywhere? Like, is that what he thought being a soldier <laughs> was going to be? They're like, oh well, you're a soldier, and then to make it even worse, the beginning episode is. When she tried to follow him, he tried to kick her off. And he spends the whole rest of the, the show trying to chase her. Like, it, he's a king's it, it just, <laughs> it, I, I just He's bored of a YA novel, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I, I get it. I just, I, I'll admit, like, how you guys felt about Monoki, I felt like I was bored. I was bored any time that the crows weren't on the screen, period. And so that's almost over half of the show. I was just like, oh, uh, here we go, well, this the bitch other again. half is good, though. <laughs> So we're at we're at fifty percent. That's all you need. Like I said again, I wish this show had already had a season two, and I would have watched it. And I know we're going to jump right into recommendations. That's my recommendation, kind of similar to Jupiter's Legacy. If once season two drops, I would say watch it all because I think now you'll get a more of a complete story now. But if you're just going to watch season one solo, I'm gonna say wait on it, man. Like I can't recommend it because uh, I just felt like half the show was boring, and I could watch the boring parts and then get the season two where I think they're actually going to ramp up this stuff a little bit. So, Jason, I'm recommending. Yeah, I would agree with you, though. The Crows are the most interesting part of the show. I, I would definitely watch a show of just them only. And uh, the main character girl, she, yeah, she's a little bland. But, I mean, for me, it wasn't enough to take me away from the story. The world building was good. You don't really see a lot of fantasy novels from Eastern Europe or any other place other than England. So, like, the mm. fact that they did Russia, even though they could do Africa sometime, that'd be great. Um it was pretty cool for me, so I would give it a, a a a watch, especially if you like fantasy, especially if you like young adult fantasy. Give it a watch; it's good. All right, Jaren, would you recommend this? Yes, highly. Uh, I would recommend it. It's it's. Uh, I do agree with you. Um, so there are some issues with the story. What the fuck is up with uh, light powers always being trash compared to dark powers? That guy, <laughs> that, that dude, dark powers that, are the best. Right? That dude was not stacked. He didn't have fucking, you know, antlers and shit in his neck. And he was able to create the fold. But she telling me even juiced up on that antler juice, she's not able to destroy the fold with her light power because it's not that good. I mean, I don't know. It's black is beautiful. That's why. Hey. <laughs> Black and a berry, the sweet of the fold. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and 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 honestly, it it feels like it did end prematurely. You at the end at the end of the series, you get the uh, you get the 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 one Grecian and her captor on a boat on the same boat with the crows and the two main characters, and it's like, well, okay, what the fuck? Now I want to like let let's go, let's see what happens. Like what happens? And they're like. See you next season. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> to be continued. Yep. <laughs> Will they get out of this predicament? Will she be able to get strong enough to stop the fold? We'll find out in season two, which will probably stretch to season five. <laughs> and, and, and the way the fold like grows and shrinks based on dudes like you know magic or whatever, 
I was like, I was thinking to myself the entire time, it's like, yo, get new girl on the outer edge and just have her start picking away pieces at it. You know, like you don't have to destroy the whole thing in one go, just destroy a chunk of it and then move in and destroy another chunk of it and then keep going, wipe that shit out. But I mean, you know, that, that doesn't make for great storytelling, I guess. Not at all. It also Not seemed like after a while that crossing the fold wasn't that big of a deal for people. Mm-hmm. Like at first, you're like, oh, this is really scary and dangerous. And they're like, oh, yeah, I did like 10 times. It's fine. Well, that's <laughs> right. he, had, he had a gimmick like, in the Yeah, tank. I'm going to go cross the fold to go to a party on the other side of the world. Like, no, like there's monsters in that shit. Like, y'all just send me a letter. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we are going to shift gears to the last topic of the day. This is actually the main reason why we brought on. Josh, because as many people have noticed or have talked about, we all did a little top five list of our top five avatars. And so Mm -hmm. to refresh everybody's memory, to give everybody what we chose at the time, we have Jason, the Duke of all nerds. His number five was Aang. His number four was Ruku. Number three was Juan. Number two was Korra. Number one was uh, Kiyoshi. Uh, Mine, number five was Yang Chin. My number four was Aang. My number three was Juan. Korra was my number two, and Kiyoshi was my number one. And last but not least, or probably his list, his list is probably least, but Jared had Yang Chen as his five, Juan as his four, Kiyoshi as his three, Korra as his two, Aang as his one. So we're going to start off here with love and go, Josh, please give us your top five list of your avatars, and we will go from there. Josh, is on you. All right, so my top five, I had number five at one. I put him there because he's the blueprint. He had some of the best episodes we saw in Korra. With, I love the uh, animation style they chose for that. And just his story was awesome, but I put him as number five just because he's the blueprint, like I said. And besides that, there's not much he contributed um, from what I've seen, so I put him at number five. Uh, number four, I had Cora. I love Cora. I don't like people who don't love Cora. <laughs> so, but Cora is great. Legend of Cora as a show was awesome too. I put Cora as number four just because uh, she was like the complete polar opposite of Aang when it came to embracing the fact that she was the Avatar right off the bat, just saying. I'm the avatar deal with it. Like that's awesome. And when she was and she was like a little girl when she did that. Like, I don't know. I love Korra. I had number three as Kyoshi. Now, I don't know much about Kyoshi, but from what I saw when I was watching Avatar and what everybody had to say in the show about uh Kyoshi, she's definitely the most intimidating of the avatars. You know, a, a giant, just a giant woman starts her own female army and we see um, some pretty cool things told, talked about when mentioning her, how she was able to basically move tectonic plates. Like, that's insane. And then I had uh, Roku as number two. Now, that's a hot take. I understand. <laughs> I got like the fun. <laughs> a lot of people don't like Roku because Roku failed at what he did. But from my perspective, Seeing Aang go through his journey, the one avatar he spoke to the most was Roku. And I felt like by doing that, Roku was using this opportunity to redeem himself for the mistakes he made while he was the avatar, using Aang as sort of 
the second chance. And I think Aang wouldn't have been the same without any, like without any, like if Roku didn't exist, Aang would not have been the, the same person at all. And then at least number one for what you guys probably know now is Aang. I was going to say Wing Chang. <laughs> <laughs> I think Aang gets too much hate because he was a 12-year-old child during his show. He, even though what he did, you know, caused by leaving, that caused like the genocide of his people, which is terrible. Um, I think what he contributed to afterwards off screen mentioned in Korra and how he basically with the, I, I forgot the name of the city. I think it's the new Repu- Republic city, Republic city, Republic city, the things he contributed to, to basically create his best attempt at a utopia. As we've seen, there, there are some flaws with it that Amon points out with the uh, bending privileges and things like that. But for the time Aang was alive, he did the best he could with the cards that were dealt with him. And I don't know. It just reminds me of like Naruto's journey. Naruto, he gets to Okage. He gets essentially world peace. And then in Boruto, you get sort of the aftermath of the flaws of world peace as well. I don't know. That's my list. I like my Ooh. list, but your list man. is trash. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look at that. You hear that deep cut? He tried to give us a deep cut with, uh, <laughs> with uh, the Naruto reference. Wow. All right. I'm going to let uh, Jason start this off here. What do you think of Josh's list? <laughs> your list is trash. You're a terrible human being. I don't know why you're here. You're just... <laughs> nah, I'm sorry. You know, it's I like. Called, it's called nepotism, Jason. That's why it's here. It's nepotism. <laughs> Everybody, I mean, like. I, I also like Aang as a character. I like, I mean, like, if it wasn't for Aang, there would be no, this show, this world would not exist if there was no Aang. And, you know, I, obviously, it makes a lot of sense for a lot of people to like Aang. He just wasn't my favorite because, you know, he started a genocide. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I also like the fact that you don't like people who don't like Korra. I think that's great because Korra went through some shit. She deserves hugs and, and, and love because she went through some shit, guys. She went through a lot of shit. She needs she needs y'all's help. All right, <laughs> yeah. right Jaren, your thoughts on the list? Because yeah, you no. had Angus number one too. So I had Angus over. Yeah, I, I I agree. A couple of those need to be swapped around, but yeah, yeah. Um uh and yeah, you're right. Cora, Cora, she's got to rebuild the past lives from from nothing. So being severed from all of them like that. So yeah, no, Cora, Cora definitely had the hardest go uh, of it, I think. And uh, I don't know, I, Yang Chen, I love Yang Chen. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I agree, hundred percent. Ang was, Ang was, Ang is the best. I think if if you guys keep giving him so much hate for the things he created, uh, he was a twelve year old boy, and the fate of the world was foisted on him many years before he was. At, they even said he was allowed to be able to handle that kind of pressure. He actually. Cora, Cora was trained uh, in, in seclusion because Aang was a little overprotective after the shit he went through. So, as a college, you said, "Deal with it." I'm the Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> but also well, the world the world didn't depend on her. There wasn't a, a war brewing at that very moment. True. So, I mean, you're right. <laughs> an Avatar in war and an Avatar in peace are two very different like characters. So, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, my list, I think I always joke that my list combines Jason and Jaren's a little bit there. I will say with Josh, I think the only problem I have with his list, I mean, 
it's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna put Aang number one. I mean, they're wrong, but they can have <laughs> Aang number wrong. one. I mean, they can have them. It's fine. Like, cause Aang is not even when it comes to working the elements in the fight. He's not even the strongest in that. And then we damn sure know, like, besides that, like again, we we can't forget that he did run from his duties. I can be like, oh, he's a twelve year old boy. He still ran, like he ran, and all the stuff you're talking about, he did to himself. They would have moved him and hit him too, and he would have had time to train. But he ran, and like, I'm sorry, a 12 year old boy or not, you still had your past lives. So Aang even had a because, for as far as we know, no one else gets really reincarnated except for the Avatar from the series, as far as we know. So even your excuse to be like, well, he was a 12 year old boy. Yeah, he's a 12 year old boy. Just lived thousands and millions of lives. So, like, his 12-year-old experience is not a true 12-year-old. He has a connection to a lineage of other people that could have gave him advice. He had to learn how to touch touch his previous lives. He, when, at 12 years old, when he ran away, he had no connection to that. He which didn't also, he are they really being reincarnated if they're all different kind of people? Yeah, that's they, the thing that I think they never really settled up in their mind. Like, they're really not, like, no, no two avatars are really, like, the yeah, same. Like, usually, not even personality-wise are they right, the same. Because, yeah, it's usually the one right after is a complete opposite of a personality, too. They're yeah. not, it's not that they're, like, the same kind of person, either. Like, it's totally different. But so they're more also, like getting just the powers and having yeah. access to the, the powers rather than them being reincarnated. Well, also, and, when Aang right. ran from his Life. duties, it, he didn't mean to... When he went into that small hibernation, he didn't think it would last a hundred years. Because when he came out, he still he thought, okay, maybe this was like a day or two, something crazy like that. When he, when he found out it was a hundred years, you could see the guilt that he had when he realized like, oh, what he had God. left behind for a hundred years. It wasn't intentional. Because oh, yeah. because he was a coward. Yeah, yeah, I would be guilty too if I was a coward. Yeah, and millions of people got slaughtered because of my decision to be a coward. Yes, I would feel guilty too. Yes. But I, it's uh, to be fair, it's not like during those 100 years he was actively staying a coward. It was just right. a one second For decision going into the avatar state. Next thing you know, he opens his eyes a second later and he realizes what had just happened. That's why like, I, I don't 100% blame him for what had happened because it was the first time he had gone into the avatar state to do that and he didn't know it was going to do that. Yeah. All the aftermath stuff you're telling me, I'm perfectly fine with. Like, yeah, he didn't intentionally get into an iceberg. Again, I, that's what I keep saying. He ran. He left his responsibility, and he knew he was the avatar. And he decided that his cowardice was bigger than his responsibility. Nobody on this list that we have named has that issue. And I know you go, oh, he's a 12-year-old boy. But, yeah, he's a 12-year-old boy that knew he was the avatar since probably, like, five or six he knew that he was going to have to be the barrier and probably the team eventually. Yeah. Like, he, if it goes by Core, then they know. I mean, I know Core was a more of an anomaly because she found out yeah. she was able to do other stuff very young compared to most other avatars. That's how they kind of say to this. They tell you when you're 16. Right. Again, but again, he, no, he knew he was the avatar early. Yeah. Yeah. They Aang did. Traditionally, everybody except for, for Aang and, and Katara, or not Katara, and Core yeah. were told early. Right, so the yeah. avatar, the avatar, supposedly the way that the show shows it is that the avatar doesn't know that they are the avatar, but they present them when they're all babies with certain toys, and the avatar will always pick toys that are in reference to his previous. We, we, life. we know all this. We're saying that Aang but, knew though. Aang knew, Aang knew he Aang, was avatar. Aang was told when he was twelve. Yeah, he was told. Again, he knew. He knew yeah. he was the avatar. You don't have to tell him until he's sixteen, because we're, not, we are, Jaron. We're agreeing. The point is, okay. he knew he was the avatar, and right. he bounced. 
tell us someone at 16 is probably still a little bit too early because you know yeah. when i was 16 i would have been like no nah, fuck that noise <laughs> <laughs> but you also you know, didn't grow up in an air temple and actually had like a lifestyle of monks and service and again yeah. nobody talks about it too as well he ran from that as well like yeah. as an air nomad they have a responsibility and he ran from that too without having to be the avatar like you know he's a little flighty <laughs> Yeah, just trying to avoid avoid the conflict, man. Kind of, it, he's been trained to do that. You know what's going to be a more controversial list that we could do? What's up? Best side characters. I bet Ooh. that will start an argument. What are you talking about, Momo? No other answer. Oh, best side <laughs> characters. In Momo is, is, is yeah, is best terrible. side characters in Avatar. Come on, we all know. Toph is number one. It's got to be Toph or Sokka. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) My cabbages. Yes, the cabbage man is the best. (laughs) (laughs) Is Cabbage Corporation in Core's age? Good good for him. That's a small businessman for you right there. Yeah. All right. Up in the world. All right, guys. Thank everybody for listening. I know at the beginning of this, I was supposed to say things like like, share, subscribe, follow us on Headcanon Circus everywhere. We're on all digital listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. So we are everywhere that you want to be to hear us, see us, and enjoy us. Uh, so please remember to like and share and subscribe. Shout out to all the new people who have been subscribing lately and watching lately. Uh, thank you guys so much. We are definitely humbled. I think the last video did about 7K. Uh, I'm not expecting those type of results this time, but if we do get those, I'll still be just as happy as I am now. So, again, thank you guys who did listen and uh, watch our stuff. Uh, we enjoy doing this week to week. Uh, other than that, um, Josh, you got any closing words for your experience here? Did We we didn't beat you up too bad, did we? <laughs> no, it was understandable beatings, you know? Uh <laughs> Definitely for the uh, zombie list, but I mean to be fair, I haven't like dived into any of the classics that you know old seventies Don like Dawn of the Dead or um, forgot what it's called. But uh, I definitely need to. I I need to get more into the uh, uh, classics. I do have um, much different opinions and better knowledge on like anime things like that. Uh, so if you guys ever have topics like that, I'm more than happy to come back for those too. Oh yeah. We could talk anime any day of the week with you. I'll, I'll be glad to do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Jason, any final words for everybody? Uh, yeah, just be kind and, uh, tip your servers 20% at least, please. I know that's right. I know that's right. Jaren, any, uh, any kind words for the folks listening? Uh, seriously, thanks everybody for watching. Uh, the, he was talking about our numbers going up. Um, it, it's it's pretty fantastic. Uh, I hope I'm not like the least favorite on the on the panel. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably everybody's favorite. I think I'm probably the least favorite because you know all my ridiculous hot takes. Uh, and especially today, man, I think you guys unleashed a whole another reviewer in me because I was I, I don't think we agreed on damn near anything this uh, this episode. Good, good, <laughs> we good agreed for me, on the numbers. We agreed on the numbers. Yeah, we yes, that is true. Yeah, that is true. But that's also still good for me, bad for you all. Because, you know, I'm always right. (laughs) But again, thank you guys. Thank you guys. We really do appreciate it. And we will see you all next week. Peace. Thanks, everybody.